Hey, and welcome to this podcast by Chestnut Mountain Church, located in Flowery Branch, Georgia, where our mission is to saturate the world by making disciples. We invite you to check out our website at chestnutmountain.org and follow us on social on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at chestnutmtn underscore to learn more about who we are. There are also video episodes located on our YouTube channel, along with other content not on this podcast. This episode features a sermon replay from Sunday's message. Let's take a listen. You know, in life, there's just things that go together. There's things that just, that just go together. And, and I want to start out by, we, we kind of knew that today was going to be a smaller crowd. So I'm going to do what, what you're told not to do in education. And I'm, like, I'm going to ask for crowd participation today. Okay, you ready for this? And this is just going to be a group project. Um, and I'm used to dealing with middle schoolers. And it's usually chaotic when we begin these things. But we're going to do it anyway because I believe in you. Some of you are more mature than middle schoolers. Just a few of you. But there's, two, there's, there's things in life that just go together. And so what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna walk through a list of words that just go together. I'm gonna say one, and then you're gonna fill in the blank, okay? And I'm gonna, y'all are gonna ho- hopefully make me feel really smart here um, with this very elementary-like activity. So I'm gonna start the phrase, and I want you to end it. Are y'all ready? And I need, your partic- I need you to be loud, okay? A lot louder than you were when we talked about the Happy New Year. Huh? Yeah, great. <laughs> Happy New Year. So you ready? Can we do this? Yeah. All right. You have the birds and the bees. Yes. Green eggs and peanut butter and some of you say honey. Peanut butter and chocolate. Okay, now look, here we go. Y'all aren't more mature than a middle schooler. This is exactly what they do. Let's chase some rabbits. I got to change my voice for this one, but Jenny and I were like peas and got it. Salt and Ken and if you're from the South and you love country music, then you also have Kenny and, Dolly. yeah, there's about eight of you got that one. <laughs> Brian and, she's not here yet, so y'all really got to work on that one. Y'all need to plug for the next service so y'all announce that one so it sounds really good. Cat, no, y'all missed that one. I count mouse, but cat and dog makes more sense. I'll change that one for the second service. So you're right, Jason, I'm getting all the wrinkles out in the first so we can get this corrected. Now for the country boy, you got a bow and you got a, praise God, amen. So you got these lists, you got these things that just go together. And I wanna sort of share a story that'll help kind of dig a little bit deeper into this concept. But I've shared parts of this story before, but I'm just gonna read it so we don't leave out any of the details. I want you to listen, it says, a member of a certain church who previously had been attending service regularly, stopped going. After a few weeks, the pastor decided to visit him, and it was a chilly evening, and the pastor found the man at home alone, sitting before a blazing fire. Guessing that the reason for the pastor's visit, the man welcomed him in and led him to a big chair near the fireplace, and he waited. The pastor made himself comfortable, but he said absolutely nothing. In the grave silence, he contemplated the play of the flames around the burning logs. And after some minutes, the pastor took the fire tongs and carefully picked up a brightly burning ember and he placed it on one side of the hearth all alone. 
Then he sat back in the chair, still silent. The host watched all this in fascination. And as one of the lone embers' flames diminished, there was a momentary glow, and then its fire was no more. Soon it was cold and dead as a doornail. Not a word had been spoken since the initial greeting. And just before the pastor was ready to leave, he picked up the cold, dead ember and he placed it back into the middle of the fire. And immediately it began to glow once more with the light and the warmth of a burning coal around it. And as the pastor reached for the door to leave, his host said, thank you so much for your visit and especially for the fiery sermon. I shall be back at church next Sunday. And so that sort of sets the stage for what I wanna share with you that's on my heart and, and really where we're headed for the month of January. And the reality is, is as there's things that just go together, we can't talk about the church and not talk about being together. It doesn't make sense because the church is what goes together. And the point of the story, the point of me sharing the story, the point of that list is, is I want you to help, I wanna help you recognize what the enemy is trying to do. As we start 2022, I want you to recognize what the enemy is up to. And the simple truth of what the enemy is up to is he wants to separate believers. He wants, to, he wants believers, he wants the church to be pulled apart. He wants the church to live separated. But see, you and I, we're limited to the vocabulary of when we say church, if I called on you and I said, hey, I want you to name a church, you're gonna start shouting out building names. You're gonna start shouting out locations. You're gonna start shouting out places. But what we have to look at is the original word church originated from the Hebrew word ekklesia. And the word ekklesia literally means a gathering or an assembly. A gathering or an assembly. So when the early church in the New Testament, when they would hear the word church, a building was the last thing that came to their mind. An address was the last thing that came to their mind. And so when the early church would hear the word church, it was totally different from the way you and I respond to the word church. Because the early church, when they heard it, their thoughts automatically went to a group of believers. A group of believers. And there's some passages in scripture, I'm not gonna ask you to turn there, but they paint this picture and they help us to better get insight on, on how they understood the word church. 1 Corinthians 16, 19, it says, Aquila and Priscilla together with the church in their house. Together with the church in their house. Romans 16, 5, greet also the church in their house. Colossians 4.15, and to Nympha and the church in her house. And so we see that the word church is mentioned, then the location is talked about. 
And so we see that there's conflict here because the way we define it is the church is limited to a building. The church is limited to an address. The church is limited to a location. But what we have got to reprogram our thinking about is the church is a gathering of believers. The church is a gathering of God's children, a gathering of God's people. And that's exactly what Paul is gonna write about in 1 Corinthians. I do want you to turn there. 1 Corinthians chapter 12. And we're just gonna simply read 12 through 14. And like I said, I want you to hear my heart this morning is that this is more of a a talking to this morning rather than a, a sermon or preaching because I just want us as we get ready to move forward to understand the importance of what the church means and the gathering of people together. But in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, starting in verse 12, Paul writes, for even as the body is one and yet it has many members and all the members of the body, though they are many, are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we are all baptized into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and we're all made to drink of one spirit. Verse 14, for the body is not one member, but many. And I really wanna pay attention to what verse 14 says. It says, for the body is not one member, but is many. And so as we've talked about relationships before, as we've talked about the heart of God and how he is a relational God, he has been from day one, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. It was all about being together. This is the very same design that God created for his, his church. God didn't create the church. God didn't save you to be a part of the church so that you can do it alone. God did not assemble the church together so that you can do this Christian life by yourself. God has created it to be done together. And so as we think about God's mindset on the church that he wants us to be together, there's one who opposes God, the devil the enemy. And so if this is the way God wants it, with the enemy being in opposition against God, how does the enemy want the church to look? He wants us to, as believers to be isolated. He wants us as believers to do this thing by ourselves. He wants us to do this thing called this Christian life. He wants us to do it alone. And that's exactly why Paul is very specific for the body is not one member, but it's many. The enemy wants you, the enemy wants me to be alone. He wants us to be isolated. But you know, to give him credit, 
we probably know why he wants us as believers to be alone. Because the enemy knows the power of us being together. The enemy knows the power of God's people being gathered together with one mission and one heart and one mindset. And the enemy is threatened by that. The enemy knows the power of the gathering of people together, God's people together. And so if God's designed us to be together, the enemy's gonna do everything he can to keep us apart. You know, over the last two years, we've been introduced to language that as Americans, as the New Testament church that have honestly been kind of foreign to us. Over the last two years, we've seen people have to live isolated in their homes. We've had to watch people, many of our loved ones, be isolated in hospital rooms by themselves, alone. We've had to see our loved ones be isolated in nursing homes, alone, by themselves. We've watched our students have to live isolated in homes. The bottom line is this church, God wants his people together, the enemy doesn't. It's that simple. God wants his people together, the enemy doesn't. And the enemy's looking at every way he can to separate us and divide us. Every way he can. And here's what I want you to realize. Until Jesus' return, the enemy is not gonna stop. The enemy is going to continue to try to destroy the very thing that is most precious to God, and that is his bride. And we look back in 2020 and 2021, and we see all of this isolation. And then all of a sudden, the conflict began in the church. Do we open the church or do we close the church? Then let's just for kicks, let's throw racism in there. And then all of a sudden, when the church opens back up, then there's another debate. Do you wear a mask or do you not wear a mask? Then if that's not enough, let's introduce a vaccine. Do you get a shot or do you not get a shot? So do you not see, church, what the enemy is trying to do? Is he's trying to divide the kingdom of God. Because the reality is he knows. He tried to isolate us. He's tried to keep us in homes and that didn't necessarily work. And so he said, okay, well, that didn't work. 
So now we'll introduce all of this other stuff. So now if we could just, now that they're meeting together, if we can just get them in conflict and argument with one another while they're together, that's even better. Because you know, a lost world is watching the church. And there's nothing that breaks my heart more when the church goes to social media to debate which side of the fence you stand on. Remember the word we sing about forever? That's the only one that's not ever gonna change. And as a body of believers, let's respect where each other stands and let's come together on the one thing that will never change. And that's the gospel of Jesus Christ. Church, there's not enough time left for us to to be pitted against one another, to divide, to be divided. There's not enough time left. We've got to get back to the urgency of the truth of the gospel. And that's the only thing that we need to be focused on. And so what I've sort of settled in my heart, and some of you may agree, you may not agree, but that's fine. Remember, we can disagree. We can disagree. You do realize that, right? You say, well, I want to go to a church where everybody agrees. Well, good luck, because it don't exist. But here's what I've settled in my heart through praying. And, and listen, I want you to hear this is anything used to keep God's people apart is the work of the devil. Anything that is used to keep God's people apart is the work of the devil. But like we said a moment ago, we probably know this to be true because the enemy knows the power in God's people being together. He knows the power of us as his children being together. You see, the enemy knows the history of the church. You do know that, right? He knows how it all started. He's watched it. He's tried to stop it. But the enemy's threatened by it. I want you to flip to Acts chapter two. And this is a passage that we have referenced so many times. But in Acts chapter two, Peter has just shared the gospel with a multitude of people. And he's explained to them that their sin is what is responsible for placing Jesus on the cross and what is ultimately gonna lead to his death. And, but what we see is the people were broken. And that by Peter sharing the gospel, it ultimately led to the repentance and the salvation of over 3,000 people is what the Bible says. And so in verse, we read that in verse 41, that it was over 3,000 repented and were saved. But again, what's very interesting about that is the people were together. The people were together. They were hearing the word of God. 
and a flame was lit by the Spirit of God and the church was birthed. You see, there's, there's power in togetherness. There's power in God's people being together. And God doesn't plan on us as his children on doing life alone. Keep reading in verse 42. They, very important word there, they were continually devoting themselves to the apostles' teachings and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. The word they there is pointing to the plurality of the people. This was a group of people together, they. But then when you look, the fact that they were continually devoting themselves, when you break that phrase apart, continually devoted means to attend continually, to attend with, with repetition, to do over and over and over and over again. And you see, that's what happened when the church was birthed, was they continued to be together over and over and over and over again. So the first thing we notice is that they were committed to be together. They were committed to be with one another. But then they were also committed to the four things that we read about. They were committed to the teaching of God's word. They were committed to fellowship. Now look, that's something we can all commit to. If you don't know anything about, I may not be good at anything else, but I'm good at fellowship. I'm good at hanging out. I have the gift of hanging out. And I am thankful that it is biblical. We, we, we overlook that a lot of times, but it is biblical to hang out with people. You do realize that, right? So fellowship was something else that they were committed to. But they were committed also to the breaking of bread, which there's an element of hanging out in that also. And they were committed to prayer. But all that aside, the thing that all four of those have in common was that in the text that it is written, in this context, the one thing that marries all of that together is the fact that they were all together. That they were all together. But you see, there was reason for them being all together. They were so committed to all four elements here. They were so committed to being with each other because they didn't want this fire that had been lit to go out. They didn't want to see this movement of God stop. And they were committed to each other so that it wouldn't. You know, I don't, I'm, I'm not one that likes to live in the past. But when you look at 2021, did anybody see 2021 coming as far as what God was gonna do in this house? I'm just being real super spiritual. I didn't. I didn't see it coming. But church, what it lit in me 
was that I wanted us as a family to grow so close together that we got so committed together. And the reason that we were committed together is because we didn't want the movement of God to stop. Because what this New Testament church is, what the, this new church, if you would, is seeing here is that the church was all about conviction and not about convenience. They were gonna gather together. It didn't matter what was going on. They were so committed to keeping this flame burning that church was not about, now remember it wasn't about a building that they were gathering together, but the church was all about conviction and not about convenience. But they continued to devote themselves to this conviction. They were devoted to this conviction because they wanted to see God keep moving. And they knew that if they were devoted to each other and they were devoted to the Lord and they were devoted to these four things that was written in the scripture, they knew God was gonna keep moving. And that's exactly what it says in verse 43. It's almost like there needs to be an equal sign between verse 42 and verse 43. Everyone kept feeling a sense of awe and many wonders and signs were taking place through the apostles. Now look, I'm not one that is for secret formulas of Christianity. And what I mean by that is I'm not one that says, hey, you know what? If you do X plus Y, you'll get Z because I know that God is in control and God's gonna do what God wants to do no matter what Brian thinks is gonna work. But according to this text, there's a formula. If we wanna see God move, that we are committed and we need to be under conviction that this is what we ought to live by. And so as the spokesperson as the one that gets to stand up here and say all this, I believe with everything in me that in 2022, if we as God's children who God has placed here in this building called Chestnut Mountain Church, if we will continually devote ourselves to one another and if we will continue to devote ourselves to the teaching of God's word, if we will continue to devote ourselves to fellowshipping together, can I get an amen? Praise God, we get to hang out. And if we will continue to devote ourselves to the breaking of bread, and don't forget, continually devote ourselves to prayer, we will get to see what the church of Acts saw we will get to see God keep moving. And honestly, when we kind of flip the page to 2022, and yeah, for all those who are wondering, I had to be woke up. 
My kids woke me up at 11.58 and said, Daddy, are you going to sleep through New Year's again? I said, not now. <laughs> but there was a part of me that didn't want to flip to 2022 because of what I had seen God do in 2021. And it's almost as if the Spirit of God said, and you really think I'm limited to 2021. Because church, I say with the, most, the deepest conviction that I have, if we will do what the church of Acts did, we will continue to see God move. And so I guess if you wanna look at it, this could be our blueprint. This could be the outline of what 2022 is gonna look like. She said, well, that doesn't sound very strategic. <laughs> it worked. And not only did it keep working, but look at verse 47. And the Lord was adding to their numbers day by day to those who were being saved. He just kept on moving. It doesn't say that they had the greatest program. It doesn't say that they had the greatest speakers. It doesn't say they had the greatest singers. It doesn't say they had the coolest lights. It doesn't say they had the coolest flooring. It doesn't say any of that. They were devoted to be together and focusing on the word of God, fellowshipping, breaking of bread and prayer and God kept moving. It's that simple. We as Christians have really complicated this an awful lot. But what I wanna challenge you is today we're just gonna take a baby step. For starters in 2022, what I want you to be committed to is the first part of this formula, if you would. I don't like to use that word, but it is what it is. I want us as a church family to be devoted to be together. To be devoted to being together, to be in God's house. And so what I wanna ask you to commit to, and look, I understand, I get it that work happens. I get it that family stuff happens. But within your heart right now, as if you can say, Brian, with everything in me, I'm gonna do everything I can. I know things are gonna come up. I understand that. But what I wanna ask you to do is I just simply want you to take a very small step here and commit to the month of January. That's it. I want you to commit to the month of January because the month of January is gonna be about gathering God's people together and you'll understand it more starting next week. But what I'm gonna share starting next Sunday, I can't do it on my own. This staff can't do it on our own. Small group leaders can't do it on their own. What we're gonna do in the month of January is gonna call for all hands on deck. That's what family does, right? Is we're in this thing together. And if God has called you to be a part of this local body, then we need your hands on deck. 
But you got to be here next week to find out what that hands-on deck looks like, okay? You'll see what I did there. Because let's just call it what it is. Over the last two years, it has been very easy to get in the habit of not coming to church. It's been very easy to get in the habit of not coming to church. Now listen, don't, I want you to hear my heart in this. What I'm sharing today with you is because I love you and I care about you and I know how God has designed the church. And don't hear me wrong when I say this, I am so thankful that in March of 2021, and we've laughed about this so many times, that on a Friday, we had no ability to stream online. But praise be unto God, by Sunday we did. And when the church was shut down, I am so thankful that we were able to go online. I am so thankful that we were able to stay connected. I am so thankful that God allowed us as a church family through that difficult season to stay connected, to stay close so that we could continue to hear what God was doing and see what God was doing. So I am so thankful for that. I'm also still thankful for it. I don't want you to hear me wrong in this. I am thankful because online has expanded our reach. It is amazing to me that there's some Sundays we'll click online and there's people in California watching. There's people in other countries watching. I'm like, I don't know why y'all watching because y'all heard this old redneck talk. You probably have to have an interpreter to hear me. (laughs) But it's expanded our reach. But also it's given us an opportunity to minister to people who are shut in that can't be here that physically have no means of being here. It's also given us an opportunity when people are sick, they get to stay connected. They get to hear, continue to see what God's doing. And I can speak to this one. I love being out of town and being able to stay connected. I've sat in a deer stand and watched church on Sunday morning. Praise God, it don't get any better than that. Yes, I'm just kidding. That forfeits everything that I've just said about being together. So I want you to hear me when I say I am so thankful that God has expanded our ability to reach and touch people. I'm so thankful for that. But according to the scripture of God's breathed word, online was never meant to replace the gathering of the saints. It is only to be used as a supplement, not a replacement. Because in Hebrews 10, 25, it says that. Do not forsake the assembly together with others. You know, I have to break things down because even that phrase sounds pretty complicated to me. So when I break it down, it literally translates this. Don't abandon gathering together in one place. That's literally what it means. Don't abandon gathering together in one place. So yeah, Online assist us in staying connected. 
but online was never meant to replace the gathering of God's people. Just like you can't say peanut butter without saying jelly or chocolate, you can't say the word church without the word together. They just go together. But church, I want you to know that I love you enough to tell you that. And so in the month of January, we're gonna leave the 99 and go after the ones. You say, well, who are the ones? The ones that aren't here. And you know, talked to Bobby Vaughn Monday on the phone. You know, you call it to encourage a brother. Then if you know Bobby, you know that quickly got turned on its head. And all Bobby began to do was tell me how much he loved me and how much he loved you as his church family. But church, I wonder how many people that are ours, and when I say ours, I'm not talking about they're our possession, but they're part of the family that God has assembled here in this local body. How many of our people have forgotten what it feels like to be a part of the family. Over Christmas, when we had adopted our family, we were with our family at Walmart. And I ran into a couple that I'm not seeing in over a year. And I was sitting there and my heart was pounding out of my chest because you know, you don't wanna offend anybody. But I looked at him and I just said, hey, I want you to know how much I miss seeing you at church. Husband and wife both immediately put their head down and I kept waiting on them to pop back up and go, well, you know what? We quit going to Chestnut Mountain and we go down the street so-and-so. But they looked up and the wife had tears rolling down her face and she said, Brian, we just gotten lazy. We've gotten in the habit of not being at church. Fast forward another week, God placed somebody else on my heart. I sent him a message and I said, hey, just to let you know, I miss seeing you at church. I expected the response to be, well, I started going somewhere else. Same exact response. Thank you so much for reaching out. But I've just gotten lazy. I've just gotten lazy. And you know, so me, super spiritual, I'm like, yeah, praise God. They're gonna be convicted now. I'll see them Sunday. I ain't seen them yet. But you know what? I'm gonna continually devote myself to pray. Brian can't draw people here. 
You can't draw people here. But you can invite them and the Spirit of God can draw them. And so as we begin 2022, what I'm asking for you, and and it's so funny because it's always these moments, is this morning, you know, this is a small crowd. And so really, you're kind of the devoted ones already. So it's kind of like preaching to the choir. But when's the last time you've invited somebody back to God's house? Thank you so much for listening to this episode. If you made a decision or if you have any questions about salvation or anything about this Christian journey, one of our pastors would love to connect with you. So to connect and find out what your next steps are, go to our website at chestnutmountain.org slash next steps, and there will be a form for you to fill out so one of our pastors can connect with you. We also want you to do three things right now. Number one, leave a review on this podcast. Tell us what you think. And also, a review allows us to reach even more people. Number two, subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so you don't miss an episode during the week. And number three, we want you to go check out our Chestnut Mountain Church YouTube channel. So maybe there's some visuals in this episode that you couldn't see but wanted to see. And that's why we have video versions of these episodes along with other content not featured on this podcast right now on our YouTube channel. Lastly, we invite you to join us live for worship on Sunday mornings in person at 9 o'clock or 1045 a.m. Eastern Standard Time or online at 1045 as well. Learn more about us on our website at chestnutmountain.org and don't forget to follow us on social at chestnutmtn underscore for more encouragement and to see all what God is doing in and through CMC. We love you, we're praying for you, and we'll see you next time.